Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. And before I go any further, I have to do this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear summer. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> it is my, oh, my little girl's birthday and she has reached double digits. She is 10 today. Oh, where has my baby gone? <laughs> Not only that, it is my sister's birthday, so happy birthday, Emma. I won't tell you how many digits she has, <laughs> just out of niceness. Um, so, oh my goodness me, happy, happy, happy birthday to both of you. Um, oh, dearie me. So, it's going to be an absolutely hectic, hectic night tonight because I have um, six of Summer's friends for tea. <laughs> and <laughs> um, so, as, as well as my children, I have six of her friends coming. Um, and... Then on Saturday, we're having a sleepover. Oh, dear. Only only one of them is sleeping over, but we are having a sleepover on Saturday. So <sighs> no sleep for anybody, I think. <laughs> anyway, um, that's enough of Summer's birthday. That's it. So happy birthday, Summer. Happy birthday, Emma. Um, now we're concentrating on everything else. So how the devil are we all today? Are we all good? Are we all excited? Are we all, I don't know, are we all doing something really, really lovely today? Or is it just a school day? Yeah, it's a school day and it's a work day. Oh, <laughs> But never mind. Um, we're going to love it anyway. Uh, right. Yesterday's riddle. What was it? Ooh. Was it? What's, I've got to remember it. Bear with me. It's which way is more? A ton of feathers... Or a ton of bricks. Well, now, I mean, bricks are so much heavier than feathers, aren't they? But if you have a ton of feathers and a ton of bricks, amazingly, they weigh the same because they weigh a ton. So there you go. They weigh exactly the same. And well done, Benji. You managed to get there first. So, well done, you. Um, right, let us see. And well done to everybody else who got it right, of course. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, right. Uh, you ready for a fun fact? 
Are you? Okay. Now, yesterday we asked what else, because your pencils got shorter, but what else got shorter or is getting shorter, should I say? Oh, my voice is going. Um, right. Th which of these is getting shorter? So A, a day. B, a year. C, the distance from the Earth to the moon. Or D, Mount Etna in Sicily. Mm. Well, let's see. Wouldn't it be great if there was just a little bit more time in the day? Just a few extra minutes to put to good use playing Minecraft or finishing digging that enormous hole in the garden. I mean... It's pretty awesome in the autumn when the clocks go back and we gain a whole extra hour to lie in bed in the morning or carry out secret missions. <laughs> but sadly, we have to say goodbye to that hour again the following spring. So wouldn't it be fab if every day was a bit longer and we never had to give the extra time back? Well... That's exactly what's happening. Every single day is just a tiny bit longer than the day before. Not by long, mind you. I mean, we're talking a really tiny amount of time here. Just like an increase in day length that amounts to around two thousandths of a second over the course of a hundred years. Mm. Not exactly long enough to do anything useful with, like bath your dog or cover your mate Norman in custard. <laughs> but it's definitely happening and the days will carry on getting longer forever. So, how can this be? Well, officially, a a day is the length of time that it takes the Earth to rotate once on its axis, axis, sorry, to turn all the way around itself like a slowly rotating spinning top. So if a day is getting longer, it follows that the Earth must be turning on its axis more slowly each day. Well, it is. And it's all the fault of the moon. <gasps> Blame the moon. <laughs> you probably know that gravity from the Earth pulls on the moon, keeping it circling above us and stopping it shooting out into space. But did you know that gravity from the moon pulls on the surface of the Earth too? <gasps> we can't feel this pull as it's far too weak but it affects things that are able to move freely, like water or possibly jelly. You won't notice movements in a small bucket of water or even in a large swimming pool. But huge bodies of water, like the oceans, can be very affected by the gravitational pull of the moon, causing them to bulge out towards the moon in certain places. And these bulges of water 
are what cause the tides. Have you ever been for a beach walk at low tide and then tried to get back the same way and found the naughty sea has come swooshing in and you have to climb over knobbly rocks to get home? Well, next time that happens, blame the moon. <laughs> now, the moon orbits round the earth slower than the earth turns on its own axis. This means that the moon is always lagging slightly behind the earth, which makes the moon seem as though it's moving backwards through the sky. So the moon's gravity is constantly pulling backwards and upwards on the oceans, creating a bulge of high water. It's almost like the moon is scraping the seawater backwards over the surface of the earth as the earth rotates forwards underneath it. Wow. So as the bulge of water drags against the ocean floor, friction between the water and the seabed causes the earth to slow down very slightly. Have you ever made a pot, you know, like on a wheel? Clay pots are made on one of those spinny things called a potter's wheel. The clay rotates a, like a lump of sloppy brown goo on a spinning dinner plate. To make it look pot-like, the potter places her hands around the edges of the lump as it spins. In theory... Not all the time, but in theory, this turns the potato-shaped lump into a beautifully shaped pot. Although, in practice, it's pretty tricky. And you can easily end up with brown slime all over your face. Uh, and the walls as well. <laughs> anyway... Let's imagine that the spinning pot represents the earth and you, sitting happily on the stool next to it, are the moon. Now, if you stick your finger out and place it against the pot as it spins, what happens? The pot keeps spinning, but you get a lump of slimy clay building up under your finger. This slimy bulge represents what the pull of the moon does to the oceans on the Earth's surface. Except the moon uses the invisible force of gravity, not its finger, obviously. <clears throat> now, if the potter's wheel is spinning freely, the pot will also probably slow down just a little under your finger. This is because there is friction between the layers of clay so as the outer sloppy layer builds up under your finger it rubs against the layers underneath it. The pot has to work just a bit harder to keep spinning so it loses some energy and slows down. Similarly, when the gravity of the moon drags the oceans backwards over its surface, there is friction between the water and the sandy seabed. 
So the earth loses some energy and slows down a bit too. <laughs> As the pot slows down, some of the energy it loses will go into your finger, which will probably get a bit warm. Wow. Similarly, as the earth slows down, the moon gains energy. The moon uses this extra bit of energy to boost itself to a slightly higher orbit. An orbit which is a tiny bit further from the earth and therefore a tiny bit larger. This means that the moon is constantly spiralling very slightly away from the Earth. In fact, its orbit size increases by about four centimetres a year, as fast as the growth of your fingernails. Mm, it's not really very fast at all. So, the Earth is slowing down, the distance to the moon is getting greater and a day is getting longer. But really, not by much. In fact, we gain such a tiny amount of time each day that at this rate, it'll take around 3.3 million years for us to just get one extra minute. <sighs> Not much good if you were hoping for a lion. Now, seeing as each day is getting longer, you might think that a year should be getting longer too. However, a year is defined as the time taken for the Earth to orbit the sun, which really hasn't changed at all. So, wow! The Earth, a year, remains a constant length. Wowzers! But to make up for the fact that the days are longer, we get slightly fewer days in each year. In fact, it's estimated that 350 million years ago, there were... 385 days in a year. That's almost 20 more than there are today. But each day was only 23 hours long. Well, let's get back to the original question then. If neither a day nor a year nor the distance to the moon are getting shorter, then what is it? Well, that only leaves poor old Mount Etna. Could she really be getting shorter? Mount Etna is Europe's most active volcano and is found on an island called Sicily, off the south coast of Italy. Believe it or not, scientists have recently discovered that the whole volcano is moving! It's sliding downwards towards the sea, almost as if it's trying to go for a quick dip to cool down. Etna's not exactly moving fast at only 40 millimetres a year. Even a snail could move faster, and a very lazy snail at that. Etna is probably sliding because it's sitting on a bed of soft rock, 
just like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Wow. Anyway, Etna's descent is really nothing to worry about, but it's pretty exciting as it's the first time that an entire active volcano has been seen to move. By the way, it's not only the moon that can influence the Earth's spin. Changes in sea levels can also have an effect, like those that happened after ice ages or are happening right now due to global warming. And so can earthquakes. In 2011, an earthquake in Japan moved sections of the Earth's crust slightly inwards towards the centre of the Earth. This made the Earth speed up a tiny bit, kind of like how if an ice skater brings his arms in towards his body during a spin, he'll rotate faster. This giant quake shortened the length of a day by 1.6 millionths of a second. <laughs> Not quite enough to counteract the day-lengthening effect of the moon, but enough to be detected by an atomic clock. Whoa! Oh my goodness! So the answer is D. Mount Etna appears to be sliding downhill towards the sea. So um, it appears to be getting shorter. Wow. So if, do you reckon if you got your, enough of your friends to jump up and down at the same time, you could cause an earthquake big enough to make the t earth turn faster? Ooh, well, that's a, um, a, a question, isn't it? How many people would need to jump in the air at the same time in order to make the ground move as much as an earthquake? Well, tomorrow we will find out. I think that actually is quite a good question. Hmm. Well, you think about it and see whether you can come up with an answer. And I will tell you whether you are right. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Oh, let's do some days, shall we? So, apart from it being Thursday... And apart from it being the 16th of March, and apart from it being Summer's birthday and Emma's birthday, it's also National Panda Day. How cute. I love pandas. They're so gorgeous. National Artichoke Day. National Lips Appreciation Day. So, ooh, Pucker up and get those lips with lips, lip balm and lipstick and mwah, <laughs> get them kiss ready. And also it's National No Selfies Day today. So no taking pictures of yourselves, please. And thank you very much. Uh, right. So 
I thought um, I would ask um, 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 uh, Summer what story she would like to me to read today. And she said she wanted to read um, a... Oh, hang on two seconds. She wanted me to read lots of things. Um, she went through a whole list of things that she would like me to read. <laughs> but I'm trying to find the one that she actually picked in the end. Uh, where are we? I have lost it. Um, okay. It's the one, the second one to um, me, Millie. Here we go. Me, Millie and the Mysterious Island. So it's the one after me, Millie, Lemons and Airplanes. So here we go. Chapter One. Benny. Plink, plunk, boink. Something was knocking on my window. I woke up, opened my eyes and glanced towards the window. Squeezed up to my window glass, there was a tiny flying lemon staring at me with big curious eyes. I'd gotten used to this kind of strange things by now. Oh, it wasn't the first time I'd seen the little flying fruit. In fact, he'd grown from nothing to a flying lemon in less than ten minutes on my lemon tree the day before. I got out of bed, pulled on my blue pair of shorts and my favourite t-shirt, shirt, the one with my name spelled across the chest, and walked across the window with my eyes squinting a bit while getting used to the light from the morning sun shining in through my window. I opened the window and immediately the lemon flew into my room. It swirled a little about in the room, made a couple of loops and took a quick spin around the ceiling light before it landed on my dresser. Hi, it said. Hi, I said back. Then I calmly walked over to it and carefully stretched out my hand. With a squinting glance, the lemon studied me carefully before it took off and landed gently in my hand. Can you say more than just hi? I asked. Of course, the lemon replied. What's your name? I asked. What's a name? The lemon asked. Well, a name is what people or lemons are called, like... My name is Marius. Look, it even says so on my T-shirt, I replied, pointing at my chest. Are there any other names? The lemon asked. Well, yes, there are many, I said. Oh, Juppy, I like that. The lemon replied. You like what? I asked. Benny! The little yellow guy shouted happily while making a few more loops over my bed. I said many, not Benny. The little lemon didn't hear me while it happily showed off its lemon's flying skills. But Benny probably was a perfectly good name for a lemon. The little, le 
<clears throat> the most important thing, sorry, was that he now had a name. That's when I saw the suitcase that I'd packed yesterday standing next to my bed. And I suddenly remembered that I had a place I needed to be. Where are you going with that? Benny asked when I picked up the suitcase. I'm going to find my parents, I told him. Mom, Dad and all the passengers who were in my dad's plane disappeared on a desert island about two weeks ago. Dad owns a small airline, you understand. My friend Millie, who lives on the little farm a short distance from here, has a little plane that she made herself. And with that, we're going to fly after them and find them. That sounds like fun. I'll come with you, Benny replied, flew over to me and landed on my shoulder. I turned off the light in my room. I went downstairs to the kitchen where I made sure I'd unplugged the iron after ironing the kitchen curtains the day before. Last night, I'd been too excited about flying off to find my parents to go to sleep right away. And I knew my mum loved it when the curtains were straight and the house was clean. So I'd spent last night cleaning the house so she would be extra happy when she got home. Since my parents were gone, there was no one to say goodbye to. So I went out, locked the front door, and with the suitcase in my hand and the tiny lemon on my shoulder, I walked full of expectations towards Millie's little farm. As we approached the farm, I could hear a strange but nice melody. It sounded as if someone was playing the guitar. The lemon began to whistle along to the music and I wondered if the melody came from Millie's farm. It did. On the roof of her little house, Millie sat in a thick vest and with the big welding glasses on top of her head, playing on something that resembled an old, strange guitar, while carefully studying a faded yellow paper that was lying on her knees. That sure was about time. I said we were going to leave at sunrise. The sun has already been up for hours. One could think you didn't want to find your parents, she said, and continued to stare at the yellow paper and playing on the weird guitar. But it's summer. The sun is up almost all night, I replied. It's still very early in the morning. I still think you should keep your appointments, Millie said. The lemon flew off from my shoulder, flew up and swirled around Millie's head a couple of times before it suddenly flew straight up with a cute, small, hairy dog jumping up right after. It was Popcorn, Millie's dog. Benny seemed to think it was great fun because he flew up and down and back and forth so that Popcorn almost ended up doing somersaults in his attempts to get hold of the flying lemon before it disappeared off into the sky and Popcorn was left standing on the roof, barking, confused. What a nice melody, I said. I didn't know you could play. Me neither, Millie replied. I couldn't sleep last night, so I stayed up all night and learned it. Have you learned how to play the guitar in just one night? I exclaimed. Absolutely not, she replied calmly. I've learned how to play the lute in one night. What's a lute? I asked. Almost the same thing as a guitar, Millie replied. Nobody can learn that in just one night, I said. 
eh, wasn't that hard. I had this great tablature, she said, holding up the faded yellow sheet of paper. What is a tablature? I asked. Just a sheet showing which notes to play, Millie replied. With popcorn under her arm and the lute and the yellow piece of paper that was obviously called a tablature in the other, she jumped off the roof, landed smoothly on some old barrels standing next to the house, and after another smooth jump from the barrels, she was standing right next to me on the ground. She put the tablature in a worn-out brown suitcase that she obviously intended to bring with her on the journey. Ready? she asked. Ready, I replied. Millie's plane was parked right next to the house. She put her hand on the side of the plane, which caused a hatch to open right next to where she put her hand. Inside it was a surprisingly large cargo space. We threw our suitcases into the cargo room and Millie carefully put her loot on top of the suitcases. Against the wall on one side of the cargo room, there was a barrel with a tap at the bottom. Millie took out a small bottle she had in the pocket of her vest and filled it up from the tap. When the bottle was filled, I immediately realised what it was. It was the amazing lemon soda that made people fly and made Millie's plane fly higher and faster. And it was probably the part about the plane she was thinking about because she poured the soda straight into the plane's air intake. The plane pulled its driving force straight out of the air and with the soda mixed into the air intake and further into the engine, the plane got extraordinary speed and power. Millie put her hand on the side of the plane one more time and the hatch to the cargo room closed again and one could no longer see that there was a hatch there. Millie lifted popcorn over the edge of the plane and let him in. Then we climbed in after him and sat down on the seats. Millie pulled out a square shiny cube from inside of her pocket. It was her bangloss. That's what she used to control the plane. It could be used for many other things as well. She had used the bangloss to blow together this plane. And yesterday, among other things, Millie had used it to get my lemon trees to grow seven flying lemons in about ten minutes. And one of them could even talk and had just gotten the name Benny. Obviously, she had now used it to get the plane to shut the roof hatch because it started to close. When it was almost closed, I heard a flop. We looked up at the roof hatch and could see two round eyes bulging out of a yellow, almost flat lemon. The poor little guy obviously wanted to come with us to Australia and now he had gotten stuck between the roof hatch and the plane. Oh, Millie quickly made the roof hatch open again and with a shwop, the little lemon flew into the plane. It landed on my lap and looked a little frightened but otherwise in good shape. I petted it gently and it closed its eyes, which were now back to normal size. <laughs> then it went to sleep. 
I hope you haven't forgotten anything, Milly said, before she moved the big glasses from the top of her head to in front of her eyes and started the engine. Even though it was only yesterday when I'd last sat in this plane, I'd forgotten how extraordinarily fast it flew. From the time she started the plane until we had reached our extreme top speed, it didn't take much more than a second. I was pushed hard against the back of my seat and my stomach tickled so much that it felt as if I'd swallowed a cactus. A minute later, we were far above the clouds, sailing comfortably through the sky, heading for an island we didn't know where to find. Ooh! Well, maybe in chapter two, they'll find out where to find the island. Ooh! Because they know they've got to go to Australia first. <laughs> anyway, I thought um because that was the the um uh that was the book that summer wanted to start uh so i thought hopefully you will enjoy that um and hopefully you will but uh tomorrow well tomorrow we may read something different something different entirely <laughs> so you all have the bestest of days and make sure that you take care and that you stay safe <laughs> and 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 that we all eat lots of cake for summer's birthday. <laughs> anyway, I will see you all again tomorrow. And bye for now.